Hi there, good evening, room one. Um, we are ready to rock and roll. I'm going to, um, hi, I see you raise your hand. Thank you so much. I'm gonna go ahead and rename you really quickly. Um, awesome. Um, Okay. Um, go ahead and give it a try. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, it's been a day. Tell me. <laughs> um, so I have a topic that's kind of sensitive. So it's, if it's inappropriate, we don't have to do it. Just tell me. Um, yeah, it's so whatever warning. you're comfortable with. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, trigger warning for everybody out there. Okay. Um, miscarriage. Thank you. Um, so I don't know where this is going to go, but I just need some. Um, I just found out I'm experiencing my now third miscarriage. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. And what I think I want some coaching on in regards to that mm -hmm. is the dealing with something out of your control and like getting to be okay that it's out of your control mm. as far as family planning and getting pregnant and staying pregnant. Um, that's what I think I'm actually struggling with the most. Um, or at least what I think I will end up struggling with the most. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's generalizable to other things for people. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just, I don't know how to really come to terms with that. Given, you know, you can say, well, then stop trying and there's your control. But I don't want to stop trying. You know. Um, Well, I'm really sorry. I'm really, really sorry that you're experiencing this. Um, it sounds like it's happening or was recent. And um, there's probably, it's probably impossible for me to be objective here because I've been through this myself. And um, the inability to grieve, I think, is um, also kind of compl complicates things because we just kind of, especially with miscarriage, kind of just pick up and keep going. And I feel like there isn't really space in our lives or maybe our culture to really provide some sort of um, opportunity for people to just be sad and mourn and be pissed and frustrated and all the things that come with it, you know? It's like you're just yeah. kind of expected to keep going. So I'm really, yep. really sorry. Um, so you mentioned a few things there, and I'd be happy to try to chat about any of it. But what what do you most want to talk about with it, with respect to this event? Um, I really think. I want to talk about the wrapping 
my head around and how to approach like future conception Mm. like trying but every time that we've gotten pregnant it takes six plus months Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of a long ordeal I know other people are longer I'm not I'm I'm aware but it's four times and everyone is more than six months and it's drawn out and then I don't know I'm you know obviously getting older and I want to keep trying but I think trying makes me more stressed that I almost feel like I need to just stop actively trying stop checking ovulation like just yeah let the world happen but I don't then I feel like I'm also almost I don't know if I feel like I'm giving up or or what yeah I mean it's like a lot of pressure right a lot of pressure to put on yourself it's like you carry the the load and the burden of kind of growing your family or not. Yeah. And um, also we kind of come into this with some preconceived expectations on, you know, what we want the family to look like and, and how, you know, how we want to get our kids. And then it's, it's kind of like this multi-layered thing. Right. And so then if you're like in, in, in it right now, where things are really raw and sounds like painful and stressful now, you know, it's kind of a challenge and maybe not the nicest thing to do to be like, well, you know, like what's plan B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, I almost feel like there just needs to be a pause for you to just have a moment to be a human being who's going through something that's so painful and, um, just breathe a little bit. Like, like you said, like the pressure to keep trying when that's so stressful and maybe would it, what would it feel like or look like to just take a break, just to take a break. Yeah. I feel like I, I like the way the break looks mm-hmm. I just I guess I worry that we'll miss an opportunity and then be you know I don't know too old and not able to yeah well like what would it look like to maybe take a break for today or maybe just now through like, say Sunday, like it does. I, I don't even know what a break, like the length could be really any <laughs> length of time, but I'm, I'm talking about something so basic and so minimal, just like a way to catch your breath. It, I'm not even talking about like a whole cycle or anything like that, Yeah, um, but just like to have it be okay to not have an answer for just some little bit of time 
I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I <laughs> this is how I process and I move on and I deal is I come up with the next plan. Right. And maybe I that's what I need to is not have a plan. Yeah. Um I want so badly to be objective and I'll do my best to do it, but I, I had four miscarriages. I had two before my daughter and two after my daughter. And so it's really hard to hear the pain in your voice and kind of like understand what the desire is. And then also, you know, I don't mind sharing personal experience if that is something that you want to do. Um, It doesn't phase me at all. And if this is bringing up too much for you, I totally No, it's not bringing up too much for me at all. I just want to try to be objective and I don't want to have an agenda for where I think you need to go. Right. It's like, where do you think you need to go? So that's, I think even me saying, well, you know, take a break, like take a pause and process is almost like me having a bit of an agenda for what's right for you. So I I just really want to try to stay focused on what's right for you. And I wonder if there's anything inside of you, any sort of voice or wisdom or anything that you can tap into that's telling you what's right for you for right now, not like a cycle from now or six months from now, but just right now. Well, right now I feel like I need to keep with life a little bit as it's planned. Okay. We have a, we have a trip out of town tomorrow Mm -hmm. and for like a day and a half and do that and not mess up different plans that we have over the next two weeks. Okay. Yet fitting in the um, medically induced explanation of fetal contents, um, fitting it in there. Um, And I think I have a plan for when that's going to happen. And I obviously, I know that it might happen before then on its own. And that is fine. Yeah. Um, And I think that's helping me that I've been able to kind of make that little plan and schedule. Um, I I guess what's bothering me the most is, and I, I know I'm, avoiding the big topic in the grief right now mm-hmm. and that'll come but it's really that stress and the future and it being so unknown yeah. that's bothering me Yeah, it is unknown, but it's always unknown. True. Even when you think you know it, God always loves you. It's so interesting how we kind of get comfortable with an illusion of what we think is going to happen. And for the most part, we're right. 
probably statistically speaking, the majority of the time we can count on it. But I mean, we know firsthand how people's lives can go sideways in an instant because we take care of these people all the time. And um, so it really is an illusion. Not that that helps in any way, but I think one of the things. does. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that is so important to recognize as well is how the human brain works and how the human brain just really cannot handle uncertainty. And so what we have a tendency to do, and this is all like based in neurobiology, we have a tendency to kind of imagine worst case scenarios and then really believe that that's what's going to happen because that feels safer from a survival standpoint than, than uncertainty. So just kind of understanding that all of that happens and it's very programmatic in our brains and bodies, how it happens, but it's like, oh, okay. I, I find personally a little bit of relief in that as well. It's like, yes, I'm going to catastrophize this because that's what we do. And you can also offer yourself just some gentleness around that of just like when you're uncertain about the future, your brain doesn't like it. So you're going to imagine every which way that things are not going to go the way you want them to. And like just allowing all that to kind of unfold rather than like wish it a wish that's not what's happening or, or resist that that's what's happening or avoid that that's what's happening. And I don't know that you're doing any of those things, but I feel like it's the avoidance and the resistance and the kind of the wishing things weren't the way they were is what kind of like makes things intensify. That makes sense. Yeah. So there are some ways like you, you can keep all your plans and stuff and like go about your business, but then in the moments where you're with yourself, which is going to be a hundred percent of the time, <laughs> but regardless if you're going on a trip or wherever, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to be with myself during that time. Like, how do you want to be to yourself during that time? So even if the grief isn't there yet, and if you're not really ready to be in the grief and face the grief or process the grief, there's a lot of other emotions that'll be there. And you have an opportunity to really like meet yourself where you are, like meet your own needs, whatever is coming up. So that's kind of what I'm interested in. Like, what does that look like for you? Meeting your own needs, even if you're going about your business. I think it means being gentle with myself. Yeah. And in the way of not, uh, like, blaming myself and getting frustrated. Yeah. it's hard when you don't know why Mm -hmm. you know we always want to know why we're surgeons we like to have the control and the reason and know how to fix it yeah you don't know the why 
you know the likely reason, which is not your fault. Mm-hmm. But it's all at the same time hard to admit that it. be okay that something crappy just happened just because you're right it is hard and it is hard not to blame yourself and it is really hard to just be like well that fucking sucks and to just let that be Um, I think is kind of like one of our biggest challenges. There's just no way to, I think, responsibly or healthily kind of like do mental gymnastics out of that. You know what I mean? Like it just is not, it's, it's just shitty, you know? It's very So let me ask you this. Are there ways in which you can take care of your physical body? And in because we've been talking like about emotional things and like thinking things, but like how could you take care of your physical body over the next couple of weeks? Get back to working out. I was essentially put on pelvic rest, but then also told to like limit all of my workouts for the last couple of weeks and that has been draining to not have that out yeah really Isn't that interesting you know if if exercise is something that you depend on to complete your stress cycle or to manage your stress and then to be asked to not do that it would be like asking somebody to like stop taking medicine yeah you know I don't think my doctor got that yeah and I was like can I do this can I do that like your job is like enough like but like this is how I do and my husband's like you're you're going crazy like what do you need to do I was like I need to work out (laughs) yeah you know I'm not obviously I'm not a reproductive specialist or anything but this the impact that stress has on the physical body is so profound it's just really amazing that um you know it sounds like you really have developed, I'll just call it medicine because that's what it is. It's like your form of medicine to handle your stress, which is exercise. And I can only imagine how just like stopping medication for an, for a condition, cold Turkey and how that could really kind of like create some kind of imbalance in your system. So that's great. So you can do some exercise. Is there anything else that you could do to care for your physical body? Make sure that I don't turn to bad eating habits. I did give in to a chocolate milkshake, but I think that was allowed. Hundred percent. But I know that if I do crappy eating every day, that will make me feel even worse. Mm-hmm. Are there any things that you could do that, um, like this is so so individual as well. Um, because what feels good for one person may not feel good for another person and vice versa. So, um, 
you know, I'm a bath person. I love, I just took one before this call. That's why I look like I'm like partially comatose. Cause I just laid in the bath <laughs> for half an hour. So like bath, magnesium, <laughs> candles, like lovely linens that feel nice on your body. Like I'm trying to think of things that would almost like surround you and help you feel like you have support, like, and hug, like a hug, a support, some kind of like envelopment. I don't know if that would feel good for you or not. I tend to wear hoodie sweatshirts when big things are happening. I haven't done that. Yeah. So maybe that is a way of feeling kind of like enveloped yeah. and held. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when the bad things happen, because they are, they do, um, having these things that we know help us meet our own needs, whether it's cognitive, emotional, physical, you know, um, and then being able to implement those things to really just care for ourselves as you're going through these things. It's, you know, there's just no way to make the bad thing go away. Um, and I don't know that we would want to. Like it happened. It's important. You you experienced something in your body that had a certain meaning for you. And now you're going to be processing that. And, you know, I think this kind of comes back to this first thing I said. It's like, we really aren't allowed to process this particular instance that you're talking about, miscarriage, pregnancy loss. I feel like it's just like, well, what's a big deal? Keep going. Yeah, I feel like people throw it out there in social media sometimes to try and give it some light and make it people know they're not alone, which I appreciate. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't, that's not the support I want. We have just always, we don't tell people when we're pregnant in the risk of miscarriage, mainly because there are certain family members who will turn it about themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just don't want to have to deal with that. Um, But it does make it more isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So moving forward, you have things that you can do to kind of take care of yourself. You have intention to kind of keep going with plans that you have made. And I think ultimately, the more care and attention you give to yourself in this process, like the more regulated you'll be through the whole thing the more um, maybe open you'll be kind of to allowing the grief to come up and be processed. And, you know, none of us actually really knows, right? We don't, we don't really know how things are going to end up in the long run. And when it comes to the future, the possibility, the possibility is just going forever and ever for what your family could look like. 
And I wonder if, you know, how you kind of walk through these next couple of weeks could almost even set you up to be able to start answering these questions with a little more ease. I don't know. That makes sense. And that does help. So thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah. Help tackle such a sensitive Um, Yeah. I'm so sorry. And I will send you my cell phone number after we're done. Because if you ever just want to talk or just have somebody who understands and wants to listen and just not judge you, then I would be happy to be that person. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'm good. You could, we should. Okay. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for bringing it up. And I think it's very brave and um, I, it's something that, people go through more often than we realize because nobody talks about these things regularly. So thank you so much. And I will go ahead and lower your hand. Um, If anybody has anything that they'd like to add and words of support or anything like that for Sun, I would really encourage you to do that in the chat. Um, The next person that had their hand raised was Pumpkin Spice. So just a second here. Hold on, pumpkin spice. I'm coming for you. Let me see. Hi, can you hear me? I can, but I'm just trying to figure out how to. There we go. Okay, pumpkin spice. Um, so before I start on what I want to talk about, I just wanted to say, um, Jason, I'm sorry for your loss and I am sending you good vibes. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to talk about, um, a topic that came up, I think like last month, um, with Kelly, which is kind of like turning off your surgeon self when you're not at work, like when you're with family or friends, um, so, because obviously, you know, as surgeons, we're used to kind of people doing what we want them to do. You know, we ask to do something, we do it, whether it's like the staff or the patients or whatever. And then kind of turning off that expectation um, when you're not at work. So mm-hmm. I guess it's almost like a question. Um, how do you turn that off? Well, pumpkin spice, I don't, <laughs> which is why my husband said to me in a very irritated tone, I'm not your assistant. <laughs> he, he did clean your kitchen though. I saw that. Oh, post. Lord have mercy. <laughs> well, I am getting better at how I communicate. So there's that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did something happen recently where your surgeon self was expecting somebody to like pass you a pat of butter or something at the table? I, I, so I think so. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out is that actually the issue? Like, 
Um, cause once I kind of, you know, joined coaching and learned that that could be a thing, I was like, Oh, maybe that's my problem. Maybe I just am like too surgeony all the time. Um, but I'm not sure. So I guess I'll just give you the example and sorry, I'm out for a walk and there's like a little bit of traffic. Um, so I was on vacation with my sister recently and, um, we're close yet tumultuous, if that makes sense. Um, that was part of the reason, like I ended up joining coaching. So I said, you know, if I want to fix my relationships, I have to work on myself. So this was our, um, second trip after kind of like mending things and everything was great. We're having a great time. Mm -hmm. And this sounds so petty and stupid, but you know, she tends to splash a lot of water around the sink and it was getting all my stuff wet. So I said something and it didn't change. And I didn't think it was on purpose. I thought, you know, you know, like hotel sinks are splashy. Maybe she just doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned it again and it turned into like a huge fight. We kind of took like five steps backwards. And then afterwards, I remember saying to myself, why did you even say anything? Like you could have just wiped it up. Vacation was ending in two days and you wouldn't have gotten into this fight. So I was like, well, is this me as a surgeon? Like, expecting someone to like wipe something up when I tell them or is it like maybe something else that I need to work on um because obviously when these things happen I'm always like well what could I do differently like next time yeah um but it was like to me it was so stupid I was like we're on this ridiculous fight because of some water around the sink like am I being unreasonable or do you just say like okay you're not at work that person's not going to wipe up the sink and you just have to deal with it Yeah, I think this is a classic example of a manual, right? Like we have these manuals for how we think other people should behave. Yeah. And when they, um, and so anytime you notice there's a manual and there's something that you're irritated about, then you have an opportunity to set up a boundary. Mm -hmm. And then it's, basically incumbent upon the other person, whether or not they're going to respect your boundary. And then it's incumbent upon you on enforcing whatever the consequence is if your boundary is not maintained. So if you have this expectation in your mind that you're sharing a bathroom with another person that they wipe up their mess that they make, like from brushing their teeth or whatever, or like maybe make an effort not to splash your stuff, then the way that that kind of plays out from manual to setting a boundary is, is communication. So tell us a little bit about the communication between you and your sister when this happened. Um, so historically, I will say like things are sort of problematic just because there's such long history that Whenever one of us says something to the other, it's taken like very personally. Mm. Um, And for me, I know I've changed because like I've done coaching where I don't assume that whatever she's saying to me is bad. And like, I don't have any bad intention towards her, but I think she still takes it that way. So the first thing, like I just showed her, I said, Hey, this thing's getting wet. Can you just like wipe it up? And it was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, she didn't really say anything. We just moved on. And then it happened again. And I said, you know, I don't think it's happening on purpose. Like, I don't think she's sitting there trying to make a mess. I just think it's this sink. Yeah. Um, and I just, and I was very careful to not use the word you. because <laughs> I didn't want to sound accusatory. But I said, um, here is the line of water and here's all my stuff. And then her response is, well, you always do this and that. You always do 
whatever. And I was like, this is so unrelated, but it kind of evolved into like something so extra and unnecessary. Okay. So, so it it really wasn't about the, the sink or the water for your sister. It sounds like. I don't think so. And that's why we're on one hand, I'm like, well, is it me sort of like having that surgeon mentality of like, do what I say, or is it like actually something else that has nothing to do with me? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, people are always in their own model. So whatever is going Mm -hmm. on for her, it's her own model. So she, you know, that belongs to her and it doesn't belong to you. And the only thing we can ever be responsible for is, is ourselves. And now I do think that there's like Mm -hmm. ways in which we can communicate with people that is almost kind of like energy coming out. It's like, we can be really assholes for lack of a better term. And when, when we communicate with people, we can be demanding, we can be snarky, we can have a tone, you know? So like the word alone, isn't the whole story. We, there's like, there's like this energy behind it. And I do think that people respond to that and they make it mean something about them. So we know that when you ask your sister in whatever tone you used, and we'll just assume it was neutral. We'll just assume it was like, bland. She, she did say when we talked it all out that I did talk to her in a normal voice. So I did not have an attitude. <laughs> that's awesome on it. <laughs> right and so it's like okay so she takes these words with whatever the tone is and she makes it mean something about her mm-hmm. and and so you basically if we just kind of like mm-hmm. always circle back to ourselves we can be like oh okay well I have this manual where I have this expectation that my stuff's not going to get wet that it's if, if we're sharing a sink that whoever's using the sink is just going to wipe up after the thing. So then you communicate your expectation to the other person and say, if you're not able to wipe your stuff up, then this is, you know, then there's like some kind of a consequence. So in this instance, cause it's pretty simple. I think, well, I mean, you could just move your stuff or if there's not space to move your stuff, like what I, can you think of something that you could do that like some kind of a boundary to uphold. It's like, if you're not able or willing to wipe the stuff up, then blank. Can you think of anything that would have worked? See, that's the thing. The only thing I can think of is so extreme, which is like not traveling together. But I was like, that's so stupid. We just happened to be in a hotel with like a really tiny sink. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such an extreme boundary that I don't think either of us really want that to be the boundary. Yeah. Um, But I was like, I really couldn't think of anything in the interim. Yeah. Or some, you know, something like more intermediate. Yeah. So then let me ask you this. Why was it so important to you to have your stuff on the counter? Um, There really wasn't elsewhere to put it. And I actually, I found this awesome travel bag on Amazon. I'm like obsessed with it. It's a hanging toiletry case so my stuff and that's great because it doesn't take up counter space so my stuff was already hanging it was just the few things that I like use routinely that were on the sink because there's like really nowhere else to put them yeah so then then the next question I have is 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 it possible for you to just let there be water on the sink So, yeah. So after all this happened, I thought to myself, like, why don't I just leave it? It was going to evaporate. We were going out for the day. 
or I could just like wipe it up myself and just deal with it for a couple of days. It's not like we live with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay. So I thought about that for like five minutes and it really bothered me that it was there, which is why I brought it up to her. And so then when everything happened, I was like, well, is the reason I can't deal with it because I'm so used to people doing everything I say, like as a surgeon, or is it just something else? So what do you think the answer to that question is? I don't know. Um, because I feel like it's so hard for me to separate the two because, um, you know, when, um, this was like an unrelated thing when, um, I did the coaching with Kelly, she's like, Oh, well, you know, you get dopamine hit from every time someone like listens to you and does what you say. And I was like, I really can't tell if it's just like surgeon mentality or if I'm just like super anal about everything, probably a little bit of both. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, then this is great. So this is so great that this happened though, because now you have this opportunity to learn a little bit more about yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's really worth exploring because we do get used to people doing what we say. We kind of get used to being the boss. We get used to, you know, respect for the most part, not everybody, but yeah. um, And so it's, and it seems like such a simple thing to do. And so I get that, but like, this would be a really good opportunity for you to be like, okay, well, was it really, really just me wanting, wanting somebody to follow my request or is there something more here? Like, why would it bother me so much? in this instance, like, what am I, what am, what are, what does it mean? What does the water mean? Um, probably that, you know, I feel like my space is being disrespected. That's the, that's the word I thought too was disrespect. Yeah. So that's good. So now we are like, okay, why do you feel disrespected? Um, you know, uh, I guess why would someone feel, oh, they can get water all over my stuff, but not over their things. Or I guess yeah. like, why, why aren't they watching out for this shared space? Yeah. So then, it, so then you can start just like digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And I mean, that follow-up question sounds more of like a, not a surgeon question because we don't, we don't really care in the OR. Like we wouldn't, I don't think would think that maybe, maybe you would, I don't know. Um, Not really. I feel like my specialty is a contact sport. So I say you can get all up in my space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It would be interesting and maybe not something we'll solve right now, but just like Mm -hmm. to keep, if, if you desire anyway, if you desire, especially if you want to have a good relationship with your, um, sister, because my guess is, and I could be wrong here, but my guess is, is that there's more to it with your history with your sister. Oh, for sure. And I think what I'm like kind of using here is like, okay, let me try to figure out, is this like more history, you know, and stuff that obviously like she and I have to work out over time or is it more like personality surgeon and do I make sure that that doesn't seep into like another relationship um because it's so interesting to me just like reading the stories that people post like the female surgeons how their husbands are just like well 
I'm not your boss or, you know, I'm not your employee or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, how can I kind of turn that off so that whatever's happening here doesn't like seep into another relationship? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll have to think about this a little bit more. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my brain around like there being two separate personalities and not just one person. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I remember um, Kelly had posted like she came home at 8 p.m. from doing seven surgeries and like her kids didn't have a bath. Like her husband oh, just didn't give her I kids re- a bath. I and I remember that, like yeah. just watching, like reading that. And I was like, how do you turn that off? Like, I think if that was me, I'd be like, well, what's your excuse? Like, why aren't you doing this? And then you know, I'm sure the response could be, well, you know, I'm like not your employee. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know if I have a really good answer for that. Maybe because I I still do it. Yeah. I think one of the things that helped me the most was understanding that people see things so differently. Like Mm -hmm. what might seem like a priority for me, because, because I do have a frame of reference of being a surgeon. That is my filter. You know, like, how does that mm-hmm. not contribute to your filter after 20 years of yeah. behavior? And, um, but what helped was just understanding that, oh, that's not their filter. And that helped me really with my own relationship. And what I realized was, is I, I tried to see what their filter was, my husband's in this case. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, he can't even see this. Like it doesn't even register for him. It's like invisible. And, but the things that he does see is like the garage and the backyard and all these other things that doesn't register on my radar. Like I can't see the things that are important to him and he can't see the things that are important to me. It was like a complete blindness. And I think because we all have our own filters, that's probably why, like, that probably actually contributes to how we build our manuals for other people. So um, that was really liberating for me to be like, oh, like, there's nothing wrong with having a surgeon filter, but it's can be kind of, um, there can be conflict that's unpleasant if you don't recognize that the other person doesn't share your same filter. And then... Once you realize it, like, okay, well, what can we really work with here? Like what's acceptable to you and what isn't? Cause I don't think you need to change personally. Well, that's nice to hear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, I, I really don't. You know, well, you know, it was so upsetting to me. So she's a doctor too. And she's like, she's not a surgeon, but she is like so chill. Like I wish I could be chill like her. Um, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. She said, well, Cause I think she needs coaching. I've like tried to send her to you like so many times, just very resistant. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, coaching's where you go to get your bad behavior enabled. And I was like, I don't think so. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was like, no, I, um, I kind of can see where she's coming from, yeah. but I like to think of it more as how to become the fullest expression of yourself without apology. And sometimes that might mean justifying bad behavior, sometimes not. But like, I think this is a complete departure from what we were just talking about. But as a woman who spent most of her life just trying to do what she thought other people 
wanted her to do to like be able to take up space to me, like becoming the fullest expression of who you are and really just having your own back when you're good and when you're bad or when you're on and when you're off, like through all of it, just understanding and tolerating your own humanness. To me, that is the purpose of coaching. So, um, I think that's fair. Yeah. And so I'm like, I guess more of an advocate for helping people to not judge themselves when things are happening or not resist when things are happening. Do you know what I mean? So like understand, okay, well you have a surgeon filter. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, how do you want to work with that? And how do you want to use what you know about yourself to show up to any given hotel bathroom or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's the thing with the manual is like, I didn't think, you know, cause you said, okay, I noticed this and your husband notices whatever is I didn't think what she was doing was on purpose. I just think she didn't notice it. Um, so then it's like, okay, well, is it worth saying anything and, you know, getting that response of, yes, I'll listen to you or like, you know, just letting it go and dealing with it. Yeah. And that's an important question to answer. So like now, if you had to do it again, maybe you would do something different. Yeah. I would just leave the water there. Yeah. (laughs) So that means you really are evolving. Like you're stepping into this like fullest expression of who you are. You're like really realizing what's important to you and what isn't. Yeah. I think this was a great thing to bring to the group. (laughs) (laughs) At first I was like, I feel like this is so petty and dumb, but I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and see, see what, you know, what we could discuss about it. Yeah. And I, I really think it's kind of the things we label as petty and dumb that kind of like is about 80% of what we deal with. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you've got some stuff to work with there as you continue to repair your relationship. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So I'm going to then now, oh, whoops, hold on. Got to do a name change here. Um, This came up with that on the fly. Here we go. Okay. Hang on, happy times. <laughs> okay. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. good. Um, I, uh, yeah, the first person who spoke, it was very powerful. Yeah. She had to say, um, so my heart goes out to her. Uh, I'm more aligned with our last sharer. <laughs> so um, in terms of, I don't know what this is all about. So I wanted to talk about this, um, sit, like things that, thing that, thing that has happened. Okay. Um, I've worked it out on paper and I have a meeting on Friday with my division chief. Mm -hmm. um, to go back over the situation. So essentially, um, I got reported by a group of physicians assistants that I work with closely all the time Mm -hmm. for not the words I used, but the way I said them. Okay. And the way I said them, according to these physicians assistants was, um, uh, did lack was lacking in respect for them. Okay. And, um, and I have a lot of it I've done. It's been like about a month of, of like, since like 
I first was given this like negative feedback mm-hmm. and I, uh, have like done a lot of thinking about it and I've written some things down. I talked, I came on last month and talked to Kelly about it very briefly. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like get, so I'm trying to get myself geared up. Maybe see what time is. Yeah. For, for my Friday meeting, because I notified my boss, like I want to circle back and yeah. she had said like, and circle back and like, talk about re- and like rehab, re- go, go back over like the situation. The reason is because she essentially, my boss was very supportive in reality. She's a very, very strong personality. Mm-hmm. Like she is the opposite, uh, like the polar opposite of what we all imagine. We all say like, she is like loud, outspoken, rude, just like states her mind. She is just a boss lady and like everyone respects her. Yeah. And I adore her. And so she's like the opposite of me where I'm like timid. I've always been like, my vision of myself has been like timid and awkward and like, you know, trying and like kind of working hard to like make myself, my presence like known, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like her, her opposite. Anyway, she's been very supportive and she was, cause she's like, if I could tell you the number of times I've had feedback like this, you would like, uh, you know, if I had a dime, I'd be a millionaire, something like that. Like her badge so, of honor. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. And she's just like, she's like, believe me, like, so she was very kind and she was like, how do you feel? But like in her very brash, like, yeah, brash, is that a word? brash kind of way. Anyway, she said, she's like, I think the fix for you is to get you coaching from our hospital. Okay, great. <laughs> like I love coaching. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> so I'm actually meeting with said coach on Friday. But um she also wants me to do a 360 evaluation where like I guess I give these like uh multiple choice things about me to all of the people that I work with, like nurses and other and PAs and my my partners and everyone's so I can get a good look at how I come across to other people, uh, apparently. And then I go through this apparently with my coach, I use a personality test. It's like this whole thing that I guess my, my, my university does. Okay. I mean, all of that's fine. And I thought a lot about this and like, I've kind of narrowed things down. And I think two things. One in reality, I have probably taken out my stress about a patient's scenario mm-hmm. on the people on the people around me inadvertently, and I admit to that. And yeah. it was never intentional. I had zero insight. I never wanted to make. So there's four BAs that be in this particular group. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of them, I never wanted to feel bad. They're so hardworking. They're so earnest. They're so like, they're yeah. great. And so the fact I went to feel bad, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a jerk. I had never intended. There's another PA in this four that we have had friction for months. Mm-hmm. And it is, and I think that she's kind of like the one who's led this whole, like, let's report, you know, let's report her and like make this a big deal. Yeah. And I think the reason... And the, one of the, one of the reasons we've had friction is because it's been like, it was a, this is kind of a power play on her part, Mm. um, for two reasons, like one, I mean, there's many things, but we, we've had this like 
we were very close friends when I first started in this job. And then I stopped being her friend because there were too many instances at work where I felt like what I said didn't matter. And it was so, I was like, we can't have this. Even in the OR, she assisted in the OR mm-hmm. and wasn't listening to what I said. Yeah. And it was the most, I was like, oh, okay, like we, I, we, I can't have this anymore. Yeah. So like I kind of like too familiar to kind of relationship too familiar. And like, um, I'm trying to think of like, so specific examples, like, well, um, yeah, I mean, too familiar. And like, so, so in the, a key example is her power play where when it's time to make rounds, she's like, would you mind meeting me in the office? Cause her office is on the way to the ward to like where the patient floors are. Mm-hmm. So she wants me. So I come by the office, I knock on the door to know, you know, as I'm passing her office and so that she doesn't have to waste time, like waiting for me anywhere, which is fine. But then she'll say, Oh, come in, have a seat. <laughs> and she wants me to sit down. And so I was sitting down, but before the pandemic, sometimes this sitting down process, sometimes it would be an hour because mm-hmm. I would, I was trying to like curry her favor and like, you yeah. know, just like be friends with every, be friendly, but every, I'm everyone's friend. Like, trying to fit in like all this stuff. And like, and so, and she would kind of dominate this hour and multiple times it would literally be an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, all right, guys, let's go. All right, guys, let's go. All right. And I'd be like, keep, I, and I was getting more, I was getting more and more pissed. And so then COVID happened and we didn't, this didn't happen for a very long time. And then, and then now like it was still, and then it started happening again, where she'd be like, come on, take a seat. And I'd say, and I would just stand in the doorway. No, let's go with my foot in the door. It's kind of like how I Cause I didn't want to come in and fucking waste time. Cause I have so much to do all the time, yeah. which I love, which I love what I'm, I love my job, which I think crazy. And so part of the feedback was I don't give them flexibility in their rounding time. <laughs> and it's because anyway, so that's an example of her power play. And there were other instances where like this kind of dynamic would like, would come out. And so I don't mean to, I could go on and on. Cause I've thought about this for a month and it's just like yeah. a spiral in my head. So long story short, I'm meeting with my boss on Friday mm-hmm. and I think I've identified what I need to say to her is that, you know, I definitely need to work on my interpersonal communication. That was, I never meant to make anyone feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want the PA's workflow to always trump my workflow. That's essentially, I didn't give you all the other details of yeah. things yet, but like, but they all, they want their workflow to trump my workflow. And it is so frustrating when like, they don't even understand one like iota of the responsibilities that I have on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I just want my boss to agree with me. <laughs> but oh, what if she yeah. doesn't? I, and what if she doesn't? And so I feel like my partner was saying like, when someone brings up a complaint, it's weird how the person complained against is suddenly all wrong, you know, is like, even though these things always take two. And so there's other weird dynamics where I met with some like really high up person in our department. And he was actually totally my advocate, totally agree with me. He was like, you know, when I told him all all the details, he was like totally on my side. And which is weird because he's like well above my boss. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know how to add his feedback into talking to her. And I just, the whole thing is just complicated, but it's, it's also not that bad. Ultimately, this has been like a growing, like a very, definitely like a lot of 
insight and growing process and like learning process and thinking yeah. process about like how I function at work and you know all these things and and they, and it's allowed me to take a step back and think about how I do process like stress or patient cl- clinically related stressors at work and yeah how I you know so it's not all, it's not like all bad it's actually good but I just I know there's not a lot, a lot of time in this <laughs> hour well, I mean I think <laughs> like what's cool I think what's cool is like just talking it all out we can kind of yeah. see kind of an arc here and what is so wonderful about what you've already done is that you've processed a lot of this data and I don't hear a lot of like making it mean I'm a terrible, horrible person sort of thing. So that's amazing, right? You're like, Oh, look at this. I was stressed out. And I then talked in this way to the people around me. That's like really good information. Yeah. Rather than I'm so, I'm so terrible, blah, blah, blah. Like, like you are so evolved already. So that's fantastic. And I just would like to offer a little support to you because I feel like there's something that's lacking in what we do is just some room to be human, you know, like, holy crap, can somebody just give you a break for crying out loud? Like, does this really need to be a 360 review? Yeah, that's what the advert. That's what like this. Uh, the, our like second in command chair said. He was like, he was like, this is really superficial. <laughs> and like, he was it's like, just- I don't. He's like, I'm surprised this has made it all the way to me. I, I'm sorry, is what he said. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like I wonder. I don't know. It just. I love that you're taking it in stride and that you're like looking for how to learn and grow and all of that other stuff. But I also just wonder too, like, it just seems very imbalanced with kind of what this complaint is. If it's a workflow issue that they're complaining about, and then you using a disrespectful tone, like that, it seems like Like an imbalanced response to have to, it's so So I really want to validate how you're feeling going into this meeting. Like, um, is anybody even going to listen to me here? So what I'd like to offer to you is like circling back to a book club. Gosh, I really cannot speak. It must've been that. Mm -hmm. Um, the Chris Voss book on negotiating, when you're trying to work with another party on trying to come to a mutually agreeable conclusion, right? It's mm-hmm. like some of those negotiating techniques can be really, really useful. And the book was- How to Split called, the Difference, that book? Yeah, Never Split the Difference. Oh, yeah, I should read that. I, I, yeah. I listened to it. I couldn't get into it because it wasn't, I should read it as opposed to listen to it. Yeah. Because um, you guys bring that up a lot. It's a good book, probably. It's really good. And I feel like it's helpful to kind of keep us- on task with sort of depersonalizing things. Um, you you yeah. already done a very good job at that, but like now you're going into a situation where you've got some administration stuff happening and this 360 review and they're recommending coaching and all that stuff. So um, like, I love that you're really positive about it, but I also want you to be prepared to advocate for yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get myself in the mindset of. So, yeah, because my boss is very powerful, like in every possible way. So she yeah. can, and she knows how to use her, 
her, she's power. She has power. She has magical powers. She knows how to use them. Like I, I don't, I'll start talking to her and I'll just do whatever she says in like a second. Yeah. It's really, it's really annoying. So I wonder actually. if she could give you advice on, on like, you know, that sort of a level of just like, well, you know, I'm glad that you guys are bringing this up because we really do have workflow issues we need to solve. Like, yeah, we could arrive at a mutually agreeable workflow solution here. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a way you can present what you would like to have happen? Like use this whole opportunity uh, as a way to kind of like make your service better. Yeah, totally. Totally. I I I guess the only, only other thing I wanted to say is that this is, I know time is up with Kelly. Like she, the thing like, so that's when I see these PAs, which will be like in two weeks, I have to work with them again. Like I'm afraid to be too nice because they will feel like they have won. (laughs) (laughs) And is that ridiculous? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I think it's natural to think that. Can I be bigger than that? You know? I don't yeah. Know. I think the biggest question I would ask you to think about is how do you want to feel? I mean, I'm, I've always been the kind of person like to pretend like something, if you just let it go away, it goes away, you know, like yeah. fighting this, like holding a grudge, holding anger. It's, it's only uncomfortable. You know, it's uncomfortable for me. That's right. So if, so let me, with my brain, that's not functioning well right now. Let me think. So if you go and you're nice to them, then, then it's possible that they could feel like they won, but who cares? Uh Like what's more important for you to win is for you to feel the way you want to feel. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like it doesn't really fucking matter what they think or feel. We don't care about them. Like we do, but we don't. But I really care about you and how you feel and how you want to experience all of this. Like they really are inconsequential. Yeah. I like that. They are inconsequential. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are, but we make them consequential because we like care what they think, but, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that this is going to need some follow-up for us because this is like a, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. So I, I hope you, continue. I hope there's just enough there for you to kind of like, I don't know, think a little bit more about it moving forward. Yeah. I've kind of been in a rut thinking about it. Like yeah. I haven't been able to get out of my own thought cycles. So yeah. it's helpful just to hear any feedback and kind of move myself forward and we'll see how Friday goes. I'm sure I'll have a whole new, cause I have my boss and then I have the coach. So we'll see yeah. a lot of thoughts. Yeah. It'll be me. interesting to see yeah. Yeah, yeah. what comes of that. I might yeah. what I just am kind of fearful of, and this is my own, um, like I'm not being objective here is I'm, I'm because I coach people who have been through this a lot. I just get fearful of doctors not really having the ability to be human. Like we are not allowed. And I think that that is something that really needs to change. Like, why is there like this 
response like that, why, like, why couldn't you have just like had a bad day? Or bad yeah, why? Do, yeah. And I mean, it seems like other practitioners or other clinicians are allowed, are allowed to, but yeah. doctors, no, 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 not doctors. I know. Not doctors. I know. I know. So, and then like, what do we do with that information? Like, I don't know. So I know keep us posted though. This will be interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I know. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll have a good rest of your evening. We'll stay tuned for updates. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Bye.